Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 18. And uh, we looked this morning at the sword. Now, and we see that that's the offensive weapon, right? Remember that? How we use the, the, uh, the spoken word. You, when you're in that battle, you, you, you speak uh, the words of God. And, and that's when you win your victory. Now, we're going to look at, in verse number 18, we're going to see the power of prayer. The power of prayer. In verse number 18, this is what the Bible says. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all uh, uh, perseverance, uh, perseverance and supplication for all saints. Okay? So here, as he goes and he gives the six pieces of armor, the, in verse number 18, he says, Now, here's what's going to give you the power. Here's what's going to help you to, to be able to be more than a conqueror. And it is through prayer. Now, we talk a whole lot about prayer. I, I mean, we got book after book after book on about prayer. Uh, we've had classes on prayer. You've heard sermons on prayer. But uh, I'm afraid that we have not really understood how to pray, and we really don't understand uh, our motivation for praying. Praying, uh, if we're not careful, praying is sort of like singing the national anthem. Every, every time you go to a ball game or, or whatnot, uh, and by the way, uh, well, I'm not going to get into that argument there and fuss, but uh, you ought to stand. You ought to stand. And you ought to have your hand on your heart. Uh, and, and I just have a problem with those that will not stand in respect and honor of our flag. We've had men and women to die, to die because of our freedoms. And we are doing a disservice and we're disrespectful to those who have gone and made the ultimate sacrifice. Now, that's just my take on that. But the national anthem, though, here's what happens. What do we usually do? Oh, we'll stand. And, and, and now uh, they're reminding you to take your hats off and all that. I, I think that's a shame, too, that you have to be reminded, you know. And, and so uh, we'll stand and we'll kind of go and mouth the words. And, but right before it ends, you know, we're already uh, got our minds on the ball game. And we just kind of go through the motions with it. You know, it, it's just something that you do. If we're not careful, that's exactly how we'll treat prayer. Prayer, sometimes we just go through the mechanics of it. You know, we, we sit down and we pray for our food, but do we really think about what we're praying? Do we, are we really conscious on what we're doing when we're praying? We need to be reminded, and Paul reminds us, that prayer is allowing us to go into the very presence of a holy God and to have a conversation with Him. That's what prayer is, having a conversation. By the way, in order to have a conversation, you can't always do all the talking. Sometimes you need to close your mouth and to listen to what He has to say. And so prayer, very simple uh, definition here, prayer is... Asking for heavenly intervention. 
Asking for heavenly intervention. So what do we mean by all that? The first thing that we need to see is that a definition of prayer. What is definition? We've already gave you the definition of that we're asking, we're asking for heavenly intervention. Uh, see, God has set up, and we got to go back to Genesis. Remember when we first started this story, uh, this uh, series, is that we said, you know, Adam was in the garden, and, 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 and Adam had dominion over the garden. He was supposed to t- take care of the garden, remember? And so God gave him the ball. Remember that uh, message that we And so he gave him the ball, and he says, okay, you have dominion, or you're going to have rule over what I've given you. But we understand that Adam, uh, he, he sinned, and Eve uh, sinned as well, and so because of that, they fumbled the ball and what basically what they said when they disobeyed God uh, they said God I don't need your help anymore so the Lord said okay deal with it and that's the reason why we're in the mess now we we don't want God to to intervene and to mess up our plans we don't want God to, to tell us what we need to do And so when we're praying, what are we doing? We're asking him, we're asking him, please, Lord, I need you to to intervene in my situation. I'm in a situation that if you don't help me and if you do not give me the power and the strength, I'm going to be defeated. And so we're asking him, God, I need you in my life. When you pray, do you realize that's what you're doing when you're praying? You're asking God, you're inviting him in. See, he's not going to force himself upon us. And so we have to ask and we have to realize that when we're praying, we're acknowledging our weakness. And when we acknowledge our weakness, then that's when we become strong because it's only by his grace and his mercy and his power that we're able to fight the battles and to win the battles that are set before us. So we're asking God, God, we need you in our life. But I want you to look in James chapter 5, verse number 16. (coughs) James chapter 5, verse number 16. We're going to look at two examples here of prayer. Now, understand where we're dealing with this. This this setting here is, this is the type of prayer that we're needing to pray when we're going face-to-face, toe-to-toe with Satan, okay? So there's two examples. The first example, James 5 reminds us of Elijah. Now we can say a whole lot about Elijah. And and we know what Elijah did. Elijah was a man after God. And Elijah, uh, the, the Bible tells us there in James, it says that Elijah was a man like us. In other words, there was nothing ordinary, nothing spectacular about Elijah except the fact that he wanted to be used of God. Okay? We need to understand that you may think you're ordinary. You may think that you don't have anything special going for you. But if you've trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ and you've asked Him to come into your life and if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, 
that what you need is not necessarily oh, more education, nothing wrong with that, or, 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 or more skills, if you will. What you need is more willingness to be used of God, and God will take it from there. He's just looking for someone who's willing. So Elijah was a man likened to us. Now, remember the story here. The story is that it has not rained in three years. And Elijah is praying for rain. Now, go to 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. And we're going to see the rest of the story here. In 1 Kings chapter 18 verse number 1, we see that uh, the Lord uh, came to Elijah. And God said to Elijah, Elijah, I'm going to bring rain. Hadn't rained in three years. Now, so you go, and, and, and so Elijah heard from God. See, praying is listening to God. It's not always us talking. And we, we do too much of that probably. God wants to say something to us. God wants us, here, here's, the, here, here's where we mess up. What, when we're praying, if we're really honest, we're praying to try to change God's mind. We're trying to pray, Lord, uh, I know it's your will, but uh, and, and down deep inside, and if we're really honest with this, man, remember, in order to fight these battles that you're going to have to fight, you're going to have to get honest to God. You're going you're gonna to have to expose yourself for who you really are. You're going to have to open yourself and say, Lord, I know that I'm not where I ought to be. Lord, I know my motives are not always pure. Lord, I know my intentions are not always the best. Lord, I know sometimes my ego gets in, in the way. Sometimes I do like to be flattered. Sometimes I like to be recognized. And, and Lord, I understand, uh, and I'm being honest with you, Lord, I I need you to change my heart. I need you to change my motives. I need you to change my desires. And I need to come to a place in my life where when I'm praying, it has absolutely nothing to what I think the situation ought to turn out. I'm looking for what you are saying about the situation. That's when you're praying. God, what do you have to say about this matter? And so Elijah, uh, he prayed on the basis of what God had told him. Okay, God told him, it's going to rain. So Elijah starts to pray from what God had told him to do. You know how you can win a victory? You can win a victory when you say in the situation that you're in, Lord, what is your will in this matter? Lord, what is the path that you needed me to take? And Lord, what do I need to do to get in on your plan? Not vice versa. And if we're honest, that's how many of us pray. God, here's the plan that I've laid out. Would you just go ahead and rubber stamp that thing? Doesn't work like that. And so uh, Elijah prayed and, and he prayed. And now, what did he pray? He prayed for what God told him would happen. And so, you know the story, the story goes up. And so Elijah's praying, and he's going and say, hey, go and look and see uh, how the clouds are forming up. Remember the story, how the story goes? Now, what is he, why is he telling them to do that? Because he's praying about it. 
And he's praying for what God has already told him to do. And so what he's doing is acting upon what God's already told him and he's praying, Lord, I'm praying for your will to be done. I'm praying for what you told me you were going to take care of this situation. You told me it was going to rain. And so everything in his his life is centered around what he's praying. And the reason why he has confidence in what he's praying is because he's heard it from God. And so God says, it's going to rain. And so he goes, go look. And I don't see nothing. Go look again. And we understand eventually it rains. But do you know when it started to rain? When Elijah prayed for it. Do you pray like that? Many of us don't. Especially in the heat of the battle. A lot of times we're praying, just get me out of this mess. And it could be, watch this, it could be that God wants you to stay in that mess so that He would have time to orchestrate and to line everything up that He wants to happen in your life. And do you realize He may be wanting to keep you in that mess that you're in because it's going to get your faith stronger. And your dependence upon Him is greater than it was before you got in the battle. We don't like to pray like that, though, do we? God, send me a trial so I can get stronger in my faith. We usually don't pray that way. But it could very well be. That's exactly what God's will for you is at that time. And when you operate in the fact that God is in control of my situation and I'm praying what God's already told me to pray, you will have a stronger faith And when you get through it, and you will get through it, you're going to be stronger for it. So Elijah prayed, it rained. But then we also see that we have sometimes when we pray, we still have that little back in our minds. I really don't know. This is kind of scary. But I'm just don't know about this thing. Now, before we leave that, I want you, if you continue the story, I want you to see the position that Elijah got in when he was praying. The Bible says that he put his his face in between his knees. Now, I would demonstrate for you tonight, but I would have to have Ronnie, and he'd probably have to call some of the other first responders to come in and get me back up. But uh, just picture... Elijah's praying. He's putting his head down between his knees. Now, what is the significance of that? Oh, by the way, you don't have to... It's not necessarily the position. It's just this the position that Elijah was in. You don't have to always get on your knees to pray. You can pray standing up. You can pray where you're driving a car. That, that's not what we're talking about. But here in this particular instance, the, that Elijah put his head down. He crouched down, put his face down between his knees. Now, what's the significance of that? Back in the time that we're talking about, when a woman was going to give birth, that was the position in which she placed herself in. Now, ladies... This is when you'd say, praise God, I don't live back in Elijah's days. 
I can go to the hospital and I can get me some of that good stuff uh, and help me along the way. But that's how they did it. They didn't have epidurals and all that kind of thing like that. So what is the significance of that? I think it's very significant because Elijah was putting himself into position of delivering life. His prayer, his prayer, he had nothing to do He had nothing to do with generating this prayer. God had already told him what he was going to do. He was praying what God told him to do. What Elijah is showing us tonight is that we need to put ourselves into position that we can deliver life or we can deliver the prayer that we prayed. And that prayer gives life. Are y'all following with me here? So, does that mean I have to go around put me? No. What I'm saying though is, we do have to put ourselves into position for Him to speak through us and to us so that we can deliver the life of the prayer that He told us to pray. Is this making sense to anybody? So, Elijah here shows us. Now, I want you to look at back in verse number 18. In verse number 18, it says, that uh, you were to pray whenever you feel it. Is that what it says? Or you need to pray sometimes. The Bible says that we are to pray all times. Now, now watch this. It's significant here. Here again, the, the phrases of time is different. It depends on the context in which it's used, okay? Here, the, 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 it, it's not in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number uh, 17. It says, the Bible says, to pray without ceasing, right? Okay, so what does that mean? That means that you are to be in an attitude of prayer at all times. You, you're, you're, you, you shouldn't, when, you, when it comes to time, when you're in the heat, watch it, when you're in the heat of the battle, you don't have to fumble around and try to search for words to say. You should, because you've been in an attitude of prayer, be, because you put yourself in the position to be, and you're, and you're talking to God and God's speaking to you, you can go ahead and you can pray a prayer uh, from the Word of God. See, we talked about it this morning. When Satan is in your face and Satan's accusing you and, and, and bringing up your past, that's when you can pray. He said, Lord, I'm praying that I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll win this battle here. He's in my face. He's, he's really killing me. He, he's accusing me. And, and then God is saying, I've already told you what you are in me. I've already told you what you have in me. And so when we're praying, Lord, you've got to help. Lord, would you strengthen me that we're doing what God has already said about it. You're already praying what God told you to pray. I can be more than the conqueror. I can be victorious in this. And so uh, that, that we are to be in attitude. But here in verse number 18, it's, that's not, uh, in the Greek, that's not what he's talking about, to be praying without ceasing. He's telling, telling us here is this prayer, this is when you need to pray when you need it. When do you need it? Remember, it says in the evil day, right? When is the evil day? That's when, when Satan's in your face. That's an evil day. Would you not agree? 
When, when he's got his finger in your face and he's, and he's uh, accusing you and, he, and he's battling you toe to toe, that's an evil day, is it not? And so here's what we're to pray. We are to pray what God has already said about this situation. What do we mean by that? Well, we go to another example. I want you to go to the book of Daniel, looking at chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9. So, as we go to Daniel chapter 9, now watch this. This is going to help somebody. So, when we're praying, praying what God has already said about the matter, sometimes we have to pray and pray and pray. Okay? Sometimes the answer is not revealed to us. And that's when we really get bent out of shape, don't we? We've already talked about how we're not patient, especially when we're wanting God to do something. Well, there's the problem. You're wanting God to do something when you should be with a mindset, I want to do what God is doing. Okay, you see the difference? I want to get in on what God has planned for me. I want to get in on what God has already laid out. Okay, and, and so in the, in the book of Daniel, uh, and by the way, when you're praying like this, it will help you not just to go through the motions. It means that you're really getting serious about it and you really want to hear from God. See, here's a prayer when you're in the heat of the battle that we need to get more truth. We need to get more of what God is saying about situations. See, that's where we lack. God has already, God has got all the answers, right? Do y'all believe that? That God has all the answers for whatever need that you have, Right? The problem with us is that we hadn't got into the Word of God enough to find out what He has said about that. All right? Y'all with with me? Okay. And so in the book of Daniel, in chapter 9, very familiar passage, in verses 2 and 3, Daniel is praying. And what is he? He's praying for understanding. Okay? Do you pray for that? When you're in the heat of the battle, Lord, would you help me to understand why I'm in the midst of this? Lord, why, why am I having to face Satan? And it could very well, if we're listening, that God is saying it's because of your sin, you're in the mess that you're in. Okay? So we know how to fix that, right? Confess it. I mean, hey, this is not rocket science. It's very simple how to be a vict- to be victorious in your battles. When we ask God, God, will you give me understanding? I don't understand why I'm this. And then he reveals to us by, by the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit gives us discernment, right? The Holy Spirit's teaching us. He gives us guidance, gives us wisdom. So there's something inside and the Holy Spirit rises up. And that's when I say, well, you know what? It's, uh, I understand now. I understand. And so I know how to take care of that. So I confess my sins. I repent of my sins. And then the Lord will take care of it from there. All right? But there's sometimes when we're asking for understanding and He's not giving it to us. Been there? Daniel chapter 9, verses 2 and 3. So he's praying for understanding. And so he, uh, Daniel was wanting to find out. Well, he was wanting to find out what God was saying. All right? He, his intent was, reveal to me what you're saying to All right? So he asked that, sincere prayer. He's continued praying. 
So he's talking to God about this. And then in verses 20 through 22, we see that God sends him an angel. Okay? And so he sends him an angel, and the angel is going to be helping him to, uh, to be uh, understanding. Uh, and, and so uh, Daniel's praying, and the angel is appearing, but uh, he's still looking for some more information. He's still praying. And now, when you go to chapter 10, we're going to see why the answer for the understanding is a little delayed. In chapter 10 of Daniel, it says that the prayers were hindered. Hmm. Wonder who's involved in that? It's Satan. And so when, when Satan gets wind that you're praying to God and you're asking for understanding from God, he knows that's going to be a big, big problem for him. So what does he do? He does everything he can to hinder you in your prayer life. Now, you been there? You're intent, you're praying. You start praying about a minute in, your mind's already drifted off. Or you're starting to pray, your intent is correct. I mean, you're really sincere about that. Next thing you know, you didn't fall asleep. You ever fallen asleep while you're praying? Of course you have. We've all been there. And then we get frustrated. I just don't understand why I can't pray. I hear about men of God that prayed for hours. I don't know how they could do that. It's because they realize that Satan's going to do everything he can to hinder your prayers. Okay? In Daniel chapter 10, it says it was delayed for 21 days. But, watch this. Go back to chapter 9. Daniel asked for understanding. And God is bringing the understanding that he needs. It may be delayed, but it's always on time. All right? You see it? See? Now, do you, now, does it, now this does not make sense why we're not winning some battles. I mean, we're, we're, pray, we're, we're praying. We, it's like we, we're saying, you know, okay, I guess it just wasn't meant to me. Now, how, how silly is that? You've heard from God. You, you understand what God has said about you. By the way, you shouldn't give a rip what other people think about you and say about you. You ought to be more concerned what God says about you. And if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you've been saved by His precious blood. He says that you're worthy. He says that you're holy. He says that you're blameless. He says you're an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. You're a, a, you're, you are a victorious. And that's where we get messed up along the lines. God said, you're going to make it. Okay? And so we're praying. Lord, I need this power. I need you to enter uh, and strengthen me. In what? In the armor that I put on. Now, okay, now watch this. If you don't put all the pieces of the armor on, prayer is not going to to help you to get complete victory because you've you got to put yourself in position, right? 
And so you put yourself in position. How? By putting on the whole armor of God. Putting the helmet on, putting the breastplate on, putting the belt of truth, putting on the uh, uh, shoes of peace, put, uh, put on the shield of faith, putting on the sword of the Spirit. You've got to have all of that. And then when you're praying and saying, God, you've told me that I'm going to be able to make it through this. Lord, you've told me, you've promised me that I will prosper. Lord, you told me that you want to bless me. Now go back to the first of Ephesians here where it says that he is giving he wants to bless you with all spiritual blessings. The key word there is all spiritual blessings. He wants to bless you over and over and over again. He wants to prosper you. He wants you to get stronger in your faith. He wants nothing but the best for you so that you can be a champion for the Lord Jesus Christ. But if we do not put ourselves into position and if we don't exercise the power source that generates all this through prayer, then we will not be what Jesus Christ wants us to be. Do you see how all this works together? And the problem was, and, and, and when you, you and I've learned this, when people come in and say, Brother Mike, and, and they tell me what they're going through and all that, the first thing I want to ask them is, okay, what, have you put to this, have, have you protected your mind? Have you protected your heart? Do, do, do you, or is everything around you built on truth? Do you take truth for what it is? Uh, I mean, do you have the shoes of peace where you have a peace that surpasses understanding? Have you raised your shield of faith? Faith, nine times out of ten. Well, no. I've kind of lost that. What about your prayer life? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to guarantee it. If we're coming and we feel defeated, if we're coming and we're just limping through this life, we can go ahead and, and go and ask this question. What about your sword? Are you getting into the Word of God? Well, no, I'm, I don't read it like I ought to. What about your prayer life? Well, I should be praying more. Duh. Duh. I'm telling you, this is not complicated. It's simple, practical. Use the weapons that God has given you. Pray not for your will, for His will to be done. And you're praying, Lord, I'm praying and I'm asking you to do what you've told me you were going to do. It's almost like we're scared, like, oh, you know, I don't know about this. What happens if He doesn't show up for me? He's never failed us. He's always faithful. He will do what He said He will do. And He says that you are more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer. But you have to exercise what He's given you. And you have to put it on. And you have to ask Him, help me with this situation. He's already got the answer for you. And so, oh, see, and so in Daniel chapter 10, we, we go on through and we see how God revealed to him. He sent another angel. Remember? He, later on, he sends another angel. The first angel was Gabriel. When you see Gabriel, Gabriel is always bringing a message. Remember Gabriel? Who, he was the angel that showed up at the birth, right? 
He's always bringing a message. The second angel, if you continue reading this account in Daniel, is the archangel Michael. Michael is the warrior angel. Oh, watch the, this. Is good. He's the warrior angel. Okay? This battle that you're fighting spiritual, right? I mean, I can't go out there and I'm say, okay, here's my enemy, it's Rob, and I can go ahead and knock him in the head, which would be a bad mistake on my part. He's a Marine, okay? Yeah. All right? And, and so, uh, but, but that's, what, that's how we fight sometimes, don't we? This is spiritual. And so spiritual, we can't see what's going on, can we? But here in Daniel, what a wonderful picture that the messenger angel sent the message But Michael says, and I'll fight to make sure it gets done. So he's the warrior angel. Do you understand what's going on here in the spiritual realm? We have angels because the Bible is quite clear that there are ministering angels. God has sent them, what? To accomplish what He said He's already going to do. And so He sends a warrior angel. He sends an angel that says, hey, I'll fight this thing for you. Hey, you're not going to lose this battle. God has sent me to make sure that what He's already told you comes to fruition. And sometimes, just like in the account with Daniel, sometimes there's a waiting game here because God is orchestrating, He's lining everything up, and many of us can give account, many of us can give testimonies of how, go back to your salvation experience. And we've heard a testimony uh, this uh, weekend about how God orchestrated and put people just exactly where they needed to be to fulfill what He said He was going to do. I can remember when I was lost and I look back over it now, and many of you can testify to the fact as well, Some of us shouldn't be here tonight. Some of us should be dead. Some of us should be in the grave. Some of us should be incarcerated. But God, through His wonderful, marvelous grace, put people in our path and lined everything up. I'm going to go ahead and tell the story of my mom. My mom is a prayer warrior. If I want somebody to pray for me, it's my mama. She takes it serious. I mean, she's got her prayer list. She names names. I mean, she's serious about it. And she has a group of ladies. They, they meet together. And that's what they do. They pray. I'll call my mama up and I'll say, Mama, I got somebody I need you to pray for. She says, what's their name? I'll tell them who their name is. I'll tell them a little bit of what they're going through. She says, we're going to take it to the Lord. And so here, my mom, my mom was the only believer in the household. My brother and I were lost. My daddy was lost. We all were wicked. We all were sinners. We were all filthy. But my mama prayed for her husband and prayed for her boys. She prayed and she prayed and she prayed. She prayed for my daddy some 40 years. But God answered her prayers. But watch. I look back and I say, Oh, it starts to make sense. Because I would be placed in. I would get a phone call. The phone call that I got was on a Friday night when I was getting ready to go out and do my thing on the weekend. The preacher called me. 
The preacher said, are you doing anything? I said, no. I just lied to the preacher. I was getting ready to go out and have a good night and have a wild time. But I said, why do I say, I really be the intervention of God. My mama praying for me for years and years and years that I'd get saved. And so I said, no. He says, well, would you come over here? My brother had been uh, in a horrible accident. Uh, He was recovering from that. He said, would you come over here? There is no way, there is no way unless the intervention of the Lord that I would have gone over there. You don't go to a request of a preacher on a Friday night. You just don't do things like that. Right? When a preacher calls you, you know he's going to do his preacher thing. But I went. And he, t- and he, he started sharing with me. And then he went to, and showed my brother. My brother uh, had a uh, 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 brain Injury and whatnot, and he, he, he went in there with my bre- uh, the bed of my brother, and he says, you see your brother over there? And I said, yes, sir. He says, you know what, how God's changed his life. My brother got two years prior to me. He says, you've seen how God's changed his life? I said, yeah. I, yeah, my brother ain't the same anymore. He says, wouldn't you like to have what your brother has? He says, look at him. If the worst thing happens to him, He's going to heaven. He said, wouldn't you like to have that reassurance? I sure would. Got down on my knees on a Friday night. Asked God to save me. I couldn't wait till Sunday morning to get to church. He got up. He preached. He preached, I thought, two hours. It was the longest sermon I thought I'd ever heard. I was chomping at the bit. And when he gave the invitation, it's like somebody's big strong hand got me behind the back and shoved me down towards that altar. I know who that hand belonged to. It's belonging to the Lord. And I got saved, and I hadn't gotten over it yet. But let's watch this. Watch this. Who do you think was shouting the glory down when, my, my, when I got saved? My mama, who prayed for me and prayed for me and prayed for me and prayed for me. Oh, it gets better than this. My dad, my brother, and I went, and every Saturday night at 10.30 at Altaloma Baptist Church with a group of men, I got down and we prayed for my daddy, and we prayed for my daddy, and we prayed for my daddy. My mama prayed for my daddy. We had the church praying for my daddy. And matter of fact, I wanted to give up praying. I said, my daddy's always going to be an alcoholic. He, nothing's going to change about him. And But God says, no, you got to keep praying. you got to keep praying. Why is that? Because God was orchestrating, and God put some people in His path, and then five years prior to my dad going home to be with Jesus, he got saved. Who do you think was shouting the glory down? My mama who prayed for 40 years. Some of you are in a situation like that. You've been praying. You've been praying. And you've been praying. Well, what should I pray? The Bible says it's God's will for all men to be saved. That's His desire. That is his heartbeat. And so, what I'm doing when I'm praying for a lost person now, I mention, I bring their name, and I said, Lord, I know you want him saved. Lord, I know it's your desire to see him come to know you. My dear friend, And too many times we've given up praying. 
we've given up praying. Daniel is sure glad that he kept on praying. Elijah, sure glad he kept on praying. And we need to have that mindset as well. You're going through a battle. You keep seeking God, asking God what He says about your situation, and you keep praying. And God will get the praise, He'll get the glory, and He'll get the honor. Now, two hunters. Word gets out that there's a bounty on wolves. $5,000 a head. So this old boy comes and he gets his buddy. He says, hey man, we're going to make some money. We're going to make some money. He says, how are we going to make money? He says, $5,000 a head. Me and you are pretty good hunters. Man, we can be rich. So they packed up their gear. They went down into the deepest part of the woods and forest there. They found this little old rinky-dink shack. Nobody's used it for years. And uh, if a strong wind would come by, probably blow the windows out. There was no locks on the door or anything like that. They got their uh, sleeping bags and uh, threw them out there. And It was about 1 o'clock in the morning. And one of the old boys heard a distant sound. He thought, what? So he gets up and he's looking through the window. And the sound got a little closer. Next thing he knew, he heard it very clear. He says, oh man, there's wolves. He says, okay. He's looking. Well, they're getting closer now. It was a moonlit night. The moon was shining. And as they got a little closer, they got a little more in focus. And there was at least 60 wolves and they were surrounding that little cabin. Now they were showing their teeth. So he goes over to his buddy and he says, man, he says, wake up, wake up. And he says, what's the deal? He says, look out the window. The old boy looks out the window. Now they're up on the front porch. And they're snarling, they're howling. He says, we're, we're, he says man, we're surrounded. We're done for. We are done for. It ain't going to take much for them. They're going to bust that door or jump through that window. It ain't no problem. He says, what are we doing for? What are we doing? The other old boy says, well, I don't know about you, but we're going to be rich. Now, it was on perspective, was it not? See, that old boy says, we're doomed. The other old boy says, we're rich. My dear friend, when we pray, we can have one or two perspectives. We can keep on believing that we're in it for it that we're not going to win this battle, that Satan's going to go ahead and he's going to devour me and he's going to chew me up, or we can go ahead and stand up when the Word of God says and then says, hey, we're rich in the Lord Jesus Christ and everything that He has given us is everything that we need and we are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. It's how you look at things. And you can look at things far differently when you look through the lens of the Word of God, and when you have a mind of Christ Jesus, you will win a victory, but you've got to ask God, and we've got to be praying people, not just going through the motions, but getting down to business and begging God and pleading with God and not giving up. 
Because if he said it, it's done. It's done. 